As the children are heading out to Children's Church, I just want to encourage everyone this morning. Uh, I realize that uh, sometimes when we come in to worship services, we come in with clouded minds, clouded hearts. Um, we think about everything else but the service. We don't oftentimes really focus on the Lord and lifting up true worship uh, to Him. And can I let you in on a secret? Sometimes even pastors struggle with that because of all of the, is this lined up ready to roll? Is this going? Is this in order? And, and so even us pastors have to oftentimes step back and say, okay, Lord, uh, clear my heart, clear my mind. Let me focus on you. Let this be worshipful in your sight. So I want to encourage you this morning when we pause in prayer shortly to just really ask God to give you the focus needed uh, because this is corporate worship and we are all gathered here to worship our Lord and Savior. And so I just want to uh, encourage you with that thought this morning. I realize some of you have a lot of hurt. There's a lot of things going on in your life. There's a lot of struggles. Some of you are battling against sin that has you so gripped that you just don't see any way out. My prayer is this morning that wherever you are before the Lord, that you will hear His truth this morning that God will be glorified because the preaching of His Word, the teaching of His Word will have free course, that it will go out unhindered, and it will hit you where it needs to be hit this morning. Some of you may remember the little game played as a kid. Tag, you're it. You remember that? Well, that was a great game, wasn't it? You get around with the I don't know how it was for you, but I remember all my cousins and family would get together, and we had this huge field, grass field, and we'd run around and chase each other and tag your it, you know, and one person's it, and they'd run and, and tag the next person. And then, of course, we adapted it to freeze tag. You remember freeze tag, don't you? You got tagged, you had to hold still until somebody came along and tagged you, and you were able to run again. Well, I want to kind of use that as a little bit of an analogy this morning. Um, because I believe in some ways as Christians, that's sort of our responsibility. Jesus said, go and make disciples. Tag, you're it. Now it's your turn to go and find someone. And I want to encourage you this morning that as we've been studying on Sunday nights about sharing our faith, to continue to go out and find someone uh, to share your faith with. And if God should see fit in that moment to, uh, for you to share the gospel clearly, uh, what a joy it will be if you've ever had the experience of leading someone to Christ. But I'm afraid we've adapted Christianity to the new version of freeze tag. And a lot of you are kind of frozen, if you will, where you're at. And you're not going out and sharing your faith. And so uh, hopefully this morning uh, you will be encouraged with God's truth uh, to unfreeze us, if you will. But the uh, illustration of tag will carry throughout this sermon. 
So uh, uh, this way it'll help you memorize the lesson a lot, lot easier. Take and turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 3. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3. We'll actually be looking at the whole chapter today. Wow, I hope you had a big breakfast. Just kidding. All right, let's see if we can get moving because we do have a lot of text to cover. Proverbs chapter 3, and I will begin our reading in verse 1. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For lengths of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord nor detest His correction. For whom the Lord loves, He corrects. Just as a father, the son in whom he delights, happy is the man who finds wisdom, and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies. And all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And happy are all who retain her. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding He established the heavens. By His knowledge, the depths were broken up, and clouds dropped down the dew. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet." Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it, when you have it with you. Do not devise evil against your neighbor, for he dwells by you for safety's sake. Do not strive with a man without a cause if he has done you no harm. Do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways. For the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but a secret counsel is with the upright. 
The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. Let's pray. Father, I just ask this morning that you would allow me to have clear thoughts. I pray, Lord, that uh, your message would go forth unhindered. And Lord, I ask that you would just help us to be attentive to your truth and that we would apply that which you would have us to apply. We'll give you praise this day in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. The central passage in this whole chapter, as you probably know, is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Tag. When we're done today, you should be able to remember the whole book of Proverbs chapter 3 by remembering tag. Here's your outline if you want to write this down. Trust in God. You'll find that verses 1 through 12. Acknowledge God verses 13 through 22. And go for God, verses 23 through 35. Hence, tag. Trust, acknowledge, go for God. Well, let's take a look at trust in verses 1 through 12. Now, when I prepared this sermon, uh, it's one of the things about pastors. You know, pastors typically have Bibles laying around all over the place, and sometimes I'll just grab that local Bible and break it open as thoughts hit me and begin to flood me, and I'll kind of start doing my note-taking. Um, so this morning, you're getting like three different versions all wrapped in one, I think. I, you've heard King James, you've heard New King James, but most of this outline uh, came as I was studying my... This is a little wedding Bible I gave to all of my groomsmen, and uh, you can tell it's, it's, it's kind of old. I guess I probably ought to have that rebound eventually. But anyways... Uh, this is a New American Standard Bible, and it's a word-for-word -word translation, good translation, and this is a lot of times I keep as a little study Bible. But uh, if you have a New American Standard Bible, you will note these key outline points very clearly in the text. But even so, whatever your translation is this morning, see if you can find the key words that are in reference here in our outline this morning. Trust. Trust in the Lord. Um, Notice verse 1. Solomon, um, who is writing here. Um, by the way, let me share a little, a little background information uh, in regards to, to Proverbs. Because you realize that you know, Proverbs, uh, you've heard the term proverbial truth. These are general principles. Okay, This isn't an ironclad promise. All right? These aren't ironclad, if you do A, then B is always the result. But they are general truths that should be practiced and applied, these principles. Listen to what MacArthur says uh, in regards uh, to Proverbs. 
A final area of challenge comes in understanding that Proverbs are divine guidelines and wise observations. Teaching underlying principles, which are not always inflexible laws or absolute promises. These expressions of general truth generally do have exceptions due to the uncertainty of life and unpredictable behavior of fallen men. God does not guarantee uniform outcome or application for each proverb. But in studying them and applying them, one comes to contemplate the mind of God, His character, His attributes, His works, and His blessings. All of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge expressed in Proverbs are hidden in Christ. I sat in on a Mark's Sunday school class this morning and he basically said that same thing in a nutshell. He likes the Proverbs and then he likes to see how it's applied in the life of Christ. And that's what you find here. These biblical principles and truths lived out in the person of Jesus Christ. But you note that in starting... Uh, the psalmist or the, the proverb writer here says, My son, do not forget my teaching. Remember God's teaching. How important it is. The problem today in most believers' lives is we have forgotten God's law. We have forgotten to apply God's truth. Yeah, we hear it. We may even read it sometimes. But we're not doing it. That's no good. That's no good at all. Remember God's teaching. Not only do we need to remember God's teaching, we need to respond to God's truth. Notice verse 3. He says very clearly, Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. You know what he's referencing here? He's saying, it's, it's like the Shema in Deuteronomy. And the Israelites knew this. They talked about binding these things uh, between, their, between their eyes. In other words, he's saying this, externally and internally, know God's truth. Externally, it ought to be seen. If you're living out your faith, others will know your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. If we're remembering God's teaching and we're responding to God's truth by applying this, the inward meditation, happy is the man, Psalm 1 tells us. His delight's in the law of the Lord. And day and night, he meditates on it. You know, our problem, church, is we're filling our mind with everything else through the week except this. And even in our daily reading, we get up and we go from it forgetting what we've read. We really have to fall on our faces before God and say, God, help me with this. Help me to begin to internalize your truth. Help me to not just read it, but help me to study it. Help me to know it. Help me to apply it so that it's lived out in the person who I am. Respond to God's truth. Reverence God and turn. You know, everyone wants to quote, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not unto thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy path. But we stop short. Whenever I share my testimony, uh, and a lot of the students that are at Wayne Christian, they've heard this, um, 
I, I always emphasize verse 7 because we stop short. Notice what verse 7 says. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Don't be wise in your own eyes. Turn away from evil. Okay? And, and, and look, it's not rocket science here. You know what's wrong. God's written His law in your heart. You have the conscience, you have the Holy Spirit telling you, no, no, no. But we end up saying yes, 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 oftentimes. Turn. Fear God. We need a return to reverencing the holiness, the magnificent glory of our Creator. We need to turn. Reverence God and turn. Also, uh, a subject pastors don't typically like to speak on, and, and I'm one of them, but I have to because it's in the text. We also need to respect God with our tithe. Notice what, this, what the proverb says. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. We need to respect God with our tithes and offerings. Do you realize that's a part of worship? That's an extension of your worship? And if that's not something that is part of your life, giving to God, then can I say this morning, you are not fulfilling your responsibility as a follower of Christ. No more than if you weren't praying, I would say the same thing. If you weren't reading your Bible, I would say the same thing. This is a natural expression. As you'll see later in this message, love always has action. And this is just one of those actions. Notice also verse 11. Look in verse 11 with me. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe His reproof. For whom the Lord loves, He reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, when I was a little kid, I hated this. <laughs> but my dad used to, when I would get out of line, he would thump me in the head. Anybody ever get thumped in the head by pop? Okay, I was the only one abused. All right, thank you, a couple of us. Man, I hated that. And even sometimes, you remember this, all you high school boys out there, you learned this, and this has been passed down from uh, probably Henry and MB's day. But Oh, I'm sorry, don't say that out loud. But do you remember when you take that class ring, turn it around? Uh-huh. And so they pop somebody in the head? Ow, I just taught some young high school guys probably uh, something I shouldn't have taught them. But, man, I used to hate it when Dad would thump me on the head. Well, you know what? When we trust in the Lord, we also need to remember we don't need to reject God's thumping. My dad had reason to thump me in the head. Okay? He didn't want his son acting like that. He loved me. He was trying to correct my inappropriate behavior. Guess what? If you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, 
Okay? If you've been bought by the blood of the Lamb, I got news for you. When you disobey, expect to get thumped in the head. All right? But don't reject that. Don't despise that. Because whom the Lord loves, He chastens. Now, if you're sinning, blatantly breaking the rules, and you're getting away with it, and nobody's thumping your head, nobody's spanking your bottom, something's wrong. Okay? You probably ought to examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Because if God's not bringing a hand of correction, the Scriptures say you probably aren't one of His. And that's not where you want to be. So, do not reject God's thumping. All right. Let's continue on. How about acknowledge? Acknowledge means one who is not leaning on their own way of wisdom, but looking to God for His wisdom and understanding. You see... We have to trust God. We really got to trust God with all our heart. And lean not unto your own understanding. I like to do things my way. You like to do things your way. That's where we mess up. We've got to die to self and do things God's way. And that's why it's important that we understand His way. His wisdom. Allow this to soak in. Allow this to be a part of who you are. And one who's not leaning on their own way of uh, one who's leaning on their own way of wisdom is not looking to God for his wisdom and his understanding. Notice here again, acknowledge you'll find in verses 13 through 22. And one thing we find in verse 14 is God's way is profitable. For it's speaking of wisdom. And ultimately, who does wisdom come from? It comes from God. God's wisdom. Notice what he says about wisdom here in the Proverbs. Uh, For her profit is better than profit of silver, and her gain better than fine gold. What? Yes. Do you know if you would pursue after God's wisdom, God's understanding, that's far greater than any riches you could ever experience in this world? Absolutely. But you don't see a whole lot of people going down that road success, do you? And it's sad because it is truly uh, far more profitable. The riches of this world are temporary. God's wisdom, that helps for eternity. So, uh, notice also uh, the next point. God's way is pleasant. Notice verse 17. Speaking of wisdom. Her ways are pleasant ways. Also, God's way is peaceful, and all her paths are peace, speaking of wisdom. You see, when you have God's wisdom, and you're applying God's wisdom in your life, not only is it profitable, it's pleasant, and it's peaceful. Do you know in the midst of your circumstances, no matter what battle you're facing, no matter what storm is raging around you, if you are understanding this from God's perspective, you can have great peace. What a wonderful thing to have when the world is falling apart. You know, if the mountains be thrown into the ocean, who cares? God's on my side. I'm on God's side. I should. Hey, I've got peace. Because when this world passes away and the lust of it, 
I'll be just getting started in all eternity in the presence of my Lord. That ought to give you great peace. That ought to be pretty pleasant. And I can guarantee you that's very profitable. Well, also notice God's way is powerful. Notice in verses 18 and following, speaking of wisdom, she is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Let me stop there. Isn't it interesting that, that, that Solomon here, in the, in, in, as God is leading him to pen this, he referenced wisdom as a tree of life. When was there a tree of life in Scripture? The Genesis, yeah, the beginning, right? And that would have brought, if they would have eaten from it first, it would have brought what? Life. They would have lived forever. But us boneheaded men and women, as represented in Adam and Eve, took from the tree of good and evil. Just had to go and do that, didn't we? Because we're represented in Adam and Eve as our representatives. Here, wisdom is compared to the tree of life. Why? Well, I can tell you why. Because if you will attain and understand God's way, God's wisdom, it leads to life. Okay? You realize as you soak in God's truth that there's one way, and that's through the person of Jesus Christ. That's great wisdom. Now, you understand that and you respond to God's truth in that. Guess what? That brings eternal life. So there is great wisdom in God's truth. God's way is powerful. We notice the Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, He established the heavens. By His knowledge, the deeps were broken up and the skies drip with dew. My son, let them not vanish from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and discretion so they will be life to your soul and adornment to your neck. So again, acknowledge, very key part in our understanding. Well, how about this? How about the G? How about go? He shall direct your paths. Trust in the Lord. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways... Acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Verses 23 through 35. The first point in verse 23 tells us, Do not be afraid. I'm sorry, verse 23. Then you, then you will walk in your way securely. So when we're going for God, one thing we can recognize and realize is this biblical truth that we walk securely. If my life is in line, if I am right before the Lord, I've turned from that evil, I'm not trusting in my own understanding, I'm acknowledging God, I'm following after Him, I'm going for Him, I can walk securely. I don't have to be afraid of this direction. And that's a big and important part for a lot of you as you are stepping out on faith to share your faith. I realize for a lot of you this is difficult. You do not want to open your mouth and, and talk to someone about Jesus. I get that. 
I understand that. But can I reassure you this morning that if He's directing your path and He prompts you, be obedient to Him. Don't trust in your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in that moment and go for God. Do what He asks you to do and you will walk securely. Also, He says, you will lie down safely. You will sleep sweetly. This is what the text says. Look, verse 24. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Man, nothing like having a clear conscience. Resting well. Knowing that things are right with you and the Lord. He promises that. Notice also... Verse 25 through 26 says, Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence, or the Lord will be by your side. Um, verses 25 through 26. He will keep your foot from being caught. Very important. Also, you notice, he says that when you go for God, you will serve your neighbor. Notice verses 27 through 30. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had situations come up before where it was within my power to help someone. Um, and I failed to apply that in that moment. Don't you hate that? <laughs> I beat myself up for I know a day because, I, I, example, I remember uh, going down the road one time and there was somebody who was stranded and I could have stopped and helped or at least, you know, asked if there was something that could be done and I was in a hurry to get somewhere and I knew God was prompting me and I ignored it. Now, I know none of you good folks ever do anything like that, but I'm just confessing what the pastor did uh, it wasn't in recent days. Uh, but anyways, you know, we all struggle with things like that. Uh, but how about those times when God prompts your heart and you do respond in obedience? Isn't it a blessing? You know God led you to do that. And you were obedient. There's something special about that. Serve your neighbor. You know what? If you've got the ability to do it and you know someone has a need, um, then do it. Now, I don't know if this is exactly what God's intending here, but I remember my brother one year uh, for Christmas. He said, uh, you got to understand, my brother's a police officer. Uh, he, he likes to hunt and fish and things like that. But he said, man, it's a shame. He said, I, I, heard my, he said, I knew my brother did not own a shotgun. He says, that's just a crime. He said, and he used this biblical principle. He says, I knew my brother had need, and I had something to supply him with it. And so... Here you go. Merry Christmas. And he gave me a shotgun. Well, you know. Principle in action. Again, I don't know if that's necessarily what God had in mind here, but uh, you get the point. All right, so how about this? Um, he continues on in the passage and says uh, that, Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it uh, when you have it with you. Do not devise harm against your neighbor while he lives securely beside you. Do not contend with a man without cause. 
You know, one of the things as we're going as representatives of Jesus Christ is that we're applying these principles. And one of the things that we have to do is serve our neighbor. Also, you notice verses 31 through 33 says, Do not spite the oppressor. Notice the text. Do not envy, that's the word spite, do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious are an abomination to the Lord, but he is intimate with the upright. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Why is it we live in a day where everyone wants to be like the oppressor. We admire the wicked. We're entertained by the wicked. Our heroes, ask young people, ask teenagers who their heroes are, who they admire, who they look up to. My guess is it's not going to be Bible characters. It's not going to be godly men and godly women. Why? We've been blinded. We need to begin to invest back into the hearts of our young people to set before them heroes of the faith, men and women who represent the character of God. Do not spite the oppressor. And notice he closes out the text to say that the wise will be saved. Verse 34, though he scoffs at the scoffers, yet he gives grace to the afflicted. The wise will inherit honor, but fools display dishonor. One day, our going for God will be gone and will step into glory. We need to keep that eternal perspective. So, let me give you some practical instructions on going for God. This is best summed up in the words of Jesus. Matthew 22 37 through 39. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. In going for God, we must... Love the Lord. How do you love the Lord? By trusting, by acknowledging. And we can love our neighbor by going. Do you see how tag is played out here? Trust, acknowledge, go. Do you see how this text breaks down? Simply put in two ways in which Jesus said we as followers should go with a strong love and passion for our God, for a strong love for a fellow man. And yet we can only do this through the person of Jesus Christ. 
I said love always has action. God showed His action. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you see the gospel? The gospel's clearly spelled out for you. We need to respond to that message. And we need to share that message. And going for God, we must take the gospel to a lost and dying world. Let me ask you, church. Are you living for God? Where are you at? Where are you at before the Lord? I know some of you left about five minutes ago. I want to ask you to come back. All right? Where am I before God? You know, if I stepped into eternity right now, am I, am I really satisfied where I am in my walk? Is there a longing in your heart to go deeper? Is there a longing or a hunger or a thirst in your life for a little more? God wants to give that. He gives freely. If any of you lack wisdom, let Him ask. Can I encourage you to, to refocus, to think about what it means to return to the Lord? Ask. He knows where you're at. He knows your struggles. He knows your battles. He's waiting for you to surrender. He's waiting for you to return. It's that simple. You know, as far as living for God, you can only do this if you'll trust in God, if you'll acknowledge God, and if you're willing to go for God. You know, I thought about this. Tag is, is also a label. Now, a lot of you have a shirt on. I'm awful proud of that this morning. I'm, I'm glad you chose to wear your shirt. Where did that come from? Just let me insert foot in mouth. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, you notice a shirt typically has a tag. Yeah, I knew Randall would like this shirt, by the way. We're not endorsing Coca-Cola this morning. But I know some of you are getting very thirsty. But, you know, what does a tag show? Well, I thought about this. And a tag shows manufacturer. Well, you know, Christian, your manufacturer is creator God. You were created in the image of God. Well, what about the brand name? Because I know, you know, hey, us young folks, we're all about the brand name. Who was it told me a story the other day about their daughter used to go to the store and, uh, and well, you don't got to raise your hand, but I thought this was very neat. They'd go to the thrifts. <laughs> I'm not calling you out. <laughs> that was me, Pastor. <laughs> but their daughter would go to the store, they'd go to thrift stores, and they would get the brand name labels and it didn't matter if it was all tattered or worn or ripped up, but they would get the cheap product, go home, cut it out, and sew it into their 
Dollar General jeans or whatever it was. So they had brand name, you know. Well, I've never seen any brand name like that. They stand up on their own. I'm just kidding. But, but you know, that's a cool little idea. But you know what? As believers, we have a brand name too. It's Christian. And Christian means little Christ. And folks, we're to be little Christ. We're to be followers of Jesus. We're to display Christ-like attitudes and, and love towards others. Um, that's part of it. Well, you know what else this little tag tells me? And I haven't always been good at following, following this one, but uh, uh, it tells you how to, how to uh, uh, wash, you know. Uh, it's instructions on how to care. Instructions on how to care for it. Uh, in our case, we've been washed. Amen? Washed by the blood of the Lamb. And um, another thing that a tag also shows is size. Uh, this is mine, so I won't tell you what size it is. But anyway, I can tell you this. When it comes to Christianity, we have a size of one size fits all. What do I mean by that? Well... The Father is called, um, and the Lord knows who are His, and whosoever shall come will come. One size fits all. God so loved the world. But that's just something that I was thinking of when I thought of tag. But you know, church, I think we've, we've forgotten a lot of these things. And we need to be reminded, as a believer, as a follower, you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Let that soak in. If you're here today and you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your only means of salvation, then you are not your own. Stop living your life, your way, and your own understanding. You have to trust God that His way is far better than your way. And you need to acknowledge God by following the wisdom of His Word. And stop the leaning on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him. He will direct your path. Go for God. Trust in God. Acknowledge God. Go for God. Tag. You're it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for the opportunity to open your word. Lord, I know we sort of rushed through a lot of this. There was a lot of verses to cover. But Father, I know your promises and you have promised in your truth that your word would not return void. And Lord, my prayer is that one seed, maybe it was just one passage, one verse, one truth that was shared this morning has been planted in the heart of the hearers. And my prayer, Lord, is that that seed would find fertile soil. I pray that you protect and guard that seed, that it would not be plucked away. 
I pray that the thorns of life, the cares of this world, would not grow up and choke it out. I pray, Lord, that you would just allow it to bring forth fruit. I don't know where these people are this morning in their spiritual life, but you do. Father, I just ask that you would allow them to surrender whatever it is that they're facing. Whatever their battle, whatever their struggle, Lord, let them lay it down. You said that you resist the proud, but you give grace to the humble. Lord, may we truly humble our hearts and lives before you today. And I ask, Father, that you would help us to go from here trusting, acknowledging, and going for you. Father, thank you for this time that you just continue to do what only you can do. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. A little side note reminder so that you will never forget this message. There was a man that used to be in our church and his eyesight was going. He ended up getting a C&I dog and he was, he was going blind. But he used, his tag in the back of his shirt always stuck up. And I used to always come up and pat him on the back and I'd take and tuck that tag back in for him because I knew he probably didn't see that it was sticking out. And I think later <laughs> that uh, I probably should have left it alone because I think that's how he found out his shirt was not inside out. But anyway, that's not my point here. <laughs> Side note. But every time I see a tag sticking up, I think about this passage. And I want to encourage you that every time from now on you see somebody's tag sticking up in the back of their shirt, that you'll remember your response to trust God, to acknowledge God, and to go for God. Neat little reminder, and you'll be surprised at how oftentimes in the middle of something you'll see that tag sticking up. And it's a nice way that God says, just trust me, just acknowledge me, keep going for me. Be encouraged with that this morning.